God's here. So what's going to happen? God's here. God's here now. He's not at a distance, but he's right here in this room, and he's doing things. We started out, um, for those of you who weren't here, right at the outset of our meeting, we had Ben Clark stand up and just share about that funny little place called Tiptree in Essex, just outside Chelmsford, where 31 people engaged in a spirit cafe yesterday for the first time. 13 of those people gave their lives to Jesus. Two people, I think it was, or four people, experienced physical healing on the spot in that moment. God loves to touch his people and people who are not yet his people and uh, to demonstrate who he is. And he's here. We don't sing these songs to a far-off deity who is disinterested. We sing them to our creator and to our Lord who is right here. Yeah? The cross is still empty. The blood still flows. Something, the grave is still empty. I come out. And hell still knows. Hell still knows. In other words, you and I live in a battle and we have an enemy who wants to keep us from the reality of who this God is. And he also wants your attention this morning, but Jesus wants to get hold of every one of our hearts and minds and vibrantly connect us to him. And our expectation today is the same as it was 2,000 years ago or thereabouts when the, when the scriptures were written. When in Mark's gospel, Jesus commanded the disciples to go out to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to cast out demons, to cleanse lepers, to preach the good news, to see people saved, to see people's lives transformed. That is still the message and still our commission today as we stay vibrantly connected to him. I was on a Zoom call this week with a, uh, one of the guys on the Zoom call uh, leads a, a church community in Livingston outside Glasgow. Small little church, I believe. Um, and uh, he gave testimony about the power of God to set someone free from demonic oppression. And we don't tend to talk about it, but it is real. We don't want the, the sideshow. We don't want to uh, spotlight the work of the enemy, but we want to recognize its reality and that with a word, he's dismissed from our lives. And this gentleman in my friend's church, this guy called Todd, um, came and said, I feel like I need some prayer. I'm having struggles. And he was actually in a very advanced stage of sickness, of illness. And his whole body was ballooned up and expanded, um, distended. And uh, Todd described it as if like he, had, he, had, he was wearing a shirt and the buttons were pulled tight. There's just his whole body was, was bursting at the seams. And his hands were bright red with splodges on them. And it was like his, just, there was all sorts of weird stuff going on inside his body. And as they prayed, the power of God came in that room. And this man who loves Jesus was set free from these oppressions. And his body physically deflated. And his shirt hung on him much more naturally at the end of prayer. And his hands went from being bright red with splodge to normal color. 
as Jesus, as the power of Jesus set him free as he connected to him in prayer. And it can happen in Tiptree in Chelmsford. It can happen in Livingston in Scotland. It's happening here amongst us. We had testimony before Christmas. Uh, Yep, you're here. Emma's here. Healing of deafness since childhood. Freedom and transformation that Jesus brings in life after life. We had two young people baptized last week give testimony of what Jesus has done for them. And then a friend of that family came forward at the end of the meeting, just tears running down her face going, I, I, I don't know what's going on. And I was able to say to her, Jesus is meeting you right now. And you're experiencing his presence in a way that words don't really fit with, but your, your heart is exploding with the experience of Jesus drawing near in his power and in his love. Do you think that sounds right? She's like, I think it is Jesus. I think it is Jesus. And in a very short couple of minute conversation, I was able to say to this lady, would you like today to be the first day where you begin to walk with him as your savior, as your Lord? And she's like, I think I'd really like that. And so I was able literally just to stand over here and pray. And I said, look, say something like this. And I just led her through a very basic, simple prayer of Jesus. I know you're real because you've shown yourself to me. I want you to be my Lord I want, I want to follow you. I want to give my life to you. And she prayed this prayer. And as she said, amen, I said, amen. And I thought, well, that was good. And then she went, ooh. And I just about caught her before she landed on the floor because the power of God had more to do in her life than I thought was going to happen. And he encountered her in that moment and poured his love into her. And I said to her after a few minutes of her spending time with him, I said, what, what, what? Can you describe what just happened to you? And she said, I just felt Jesus flowing through my body. It's the power of God that we get to vibrantly connect to. And last week, for those of you who were here in this second meeting, it was special. It was a spectacular time. I think a petition is in order that Al needs to preach from the baptistry every time he preaches. It was oh. Beautiful, powerful, personal time where we were invited to remove things from our lives that get in the way of that perfect connection to him. And if you were here, well, you know what I'm talking about. If you weren't here, I I can't recommend it highly enough that you get online and listen to it again. Because this is our invitation to connect with the power of heaven that sets us free, that heals our diseases, that transforms us from the inside out and changes our eternity so that we need never fear again. This is what the vertical connection to our Father does for us. It changes everything. Jesus changes everything. And most, I know I'm preaching to most of the choir here today. We know that, but we, we, we do need to know it, don't we? There's a difference between knowing it and knowing it. And I want us as a whole body to be a people who walk the streets of Bishop Stortford and Great Dunmo and Stansted and London and Cambridge and wherever you go. I want you to walk the streets with that raw knowing that I do not walk alone, but I walk with the one with the one who has transformed me and can transform you. 
And that's the, that's the, the, the slight shift that I want to take us on today in that this vertical connection is vital. The Father has reached down and extended his hand to us and we have taken hold of his hand and we've said, yes, you are, you are my Lord, you are my Savior, and we experience that vertical. He also calls us and invites us to be a people who live that horizontal, vibrant connection as well with one another and out into our communities. And it's not altogether disconnected because what happens is as we connect to the Father, his life pours into me and into you. And then as I reach out to the people on my right and on my left, as you do likewise, the life of heaven is poured into into them and awaken something of the divine encounter in them. And then they begin to connect vertically and then they begin to connect horizontally. And suddenly the life of the kingdom of God is flowing and flowing. And this is where we shine as a community and bring hope that transforms, that changes circumstances that are hopeless into circumstances full of hope. It's where we and those around us gain strength and confidence to face the hard things of life rather than running to the bottle or to Netflix or to pills or to whatever it may be. And please don't hear what I'm not saying. None of those things in and of themselves are bad things, but he is the ultimate source. That's where he wants us to be. So today, as I say, my focus is more going to be towards the horizontal connection that he is inviting us to step into, but if it flows out of the vertical. Yeah? You, you can be the, the, the conduit through which the life of the kingdom of God flows. You get to be the hand that conveys the love You get to be the voice that conveys the truth. You get to be the one who releases the power of heaven into someone else's life. You get to be the one whose generosity releases possibilities into the lives of people around you. You get to be the one whose service brings life into a family that is struggling beyond beyond that which they can bear. On your, on your seats today, this may feel like a gear change. On your seats today, there are these little leaflets about giving, about how to give to the things that the church here is doing, that we are, that we are doing in our community. And as I say, this is, this is one way in which we get to horizontally, vibrantly connect to one another and pour the blessing that we have received out into the wider community. Please don't hear me that I'm asking for money. What we're we're inviting you to is to step into a mechanism through which your life and the blessing that you have received gets to go horizontal and bless this community and beyond our community. Many of you already give, and we are massively grateful. Many of you give by standing order. Many of you give one-off gifts. And I just want to say, as we approach year-end financially, as we make a budget for the following year, 24 to 25, we just want to say, actually, it can be really helpful for us 
to be able to see what the standing orders are so we know what basis we're building and planning upon. Your one-off gifts are wonderful and we love those. So thank you. Thank you for sacrificially giving again and again and again. We rarely talk about it, but it is massively uh, appreciated by us. So thank you for that. Giving is one way in which we get to go horizontal and connect and pour out the blessing of heaven. It can be serving. You may have noticed there was no drummer this morning. There was no bass player this morning. If you are a closet drummer or bass player, we are coming for you. We want to find out who you are. We want to draw you in. If you uh, have the ability to stand in a room and, and smile and bless children, we'd love to hear from you. There isn't a single team in this church that wouldn't love to hear from you so that you might be able to join with and instead of just coming to this place and going home again, as wonderful as that is, but you actually begin to invest into this place, serving on our kids' team, serving on our youth team, serving on our AV team, serving in worship, serving in coffee, serving in stewarding, serving in crowning years, our, our ministry to the older folks in the, in the congregation, serving wherever it may be. It's putting your hand out and saying, through me, let this divine connection begin to pour out and bring life. So that when somebody walks through our doors who's never been in a community like this before, what they discover is this is a body of people of every generation, of multiple ethnicities, many nations, many backgrounds, different social strata, some very wealthy, some really not at all. And yet they are together as a family that loves one another and they are displaying something that we have never seen on the face of the earth before. That's what we get to do because firstly we've connected that way and then in obedience to him we're saying now how can we let our light shine how can we transform this space this town this region and touch nations for the sake of the king it's it's that opportunity but it brings us in the process incredible incredible life he wants, Jesus wants us to be vibrantly connected. He doesn't want us to be lonely. He doesn't want us to do this thing called faith by ourselves. In fact, I would, I would almost go as far as to say it is impossible to do the life of faith by yourself because the life of faith was initiated by God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit who themselves live in perfect community. And so reflecting their reality cannot be done solitary. When Jesus established his new, his new covenant, he didn't say to his disciples, go and sign on for the open university. Study a three-year course and you'll have got it. He didn't say, go and sit at home and watch a Netflix documentary and then you'll understand. He said, this is how I want to establish my covenant. I want to sit down around a table with you. I want us to have a meal. I want us to look one another in the eye. I want you to understand relationally that I am going to go this far for you. I'm going to give myself so that you get to connect with my heavenly father. This is what Jesus' covenant 
with you looks like. It is personal. It is intimate. It is sitting around a table. It is looking in his eyes. It is receiving life personally and intimately. Look at um, John chapter 17. This is his prayer for the disciples. And in this prayer, he's praying for us as well. This is the heart of Jesus as he prays. Not often do we see his, his own specific words in prayer, but here's one of them. Jesus prays saying, I pray that they, us, will all be one just as you, Father, and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you, may they be in us too so that the world would, become, would believe that you sent me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. That is, that's almost an incoherent sentence because it's like there's, there's so many, uh, you, Father, and me, I and you, you and me, me and them, they and us. It becomes this almost confusing picture. But I think what that demonstrates is the overflow of Jesus' heart, which says, I just want to wrap my arms around humanity, draw them into an intimate relationship so that it's hard for them to know where they stop and I start where I stop and you start. We together are a, are a spiritual community that engages with the Father, with the Son, with the Holy Spirit, with our brothers, with our sisters And in in doing so, we learn through experience what the love of God looks like in the practical details, in the little things, in the serving one another, in the loving one another, in the giving to one another. All of these things are so personal and so incredibly practical. We're going to have... communion together in just a moment. So stewards, maybe this would be a great time if you wouldn't mind just grab the uh, bits and pieces and start handing them out. That'd be great. When you receive a little bit of bread and a little bit of juice, uh, just hold it for a second, would you? And we'll, we'll have those things together. This is the probably the best known passage in scripture when it comes to the subject of the Lord's Supper. Was we're gonna, what we're going to do together is we're going to step into this covenant that Jesus has established. Yeah, And it says, on the night when he was betrayed. And can I just say, it's so encouraging to me to know that this covenant was established in the midst of the most horrible betrayal and brokenness. It would have been easy for the gospel writers to say, on the night before he was crucified, because that was a very significant event. But the Apostle Paul, actually it was, who wrote this. He says, on the night that he was betrayed. It was this this moment of betrayal that caught the Apostle Paul's attention. And he wants you and I to understand that even in the midst of the greatest brokenness, no matter what brokenness you might be experiencing right now, no matter what brokenness or imperfection you feel that you are bringing to the table, Jesus says, it is right there that I want to establish covenant with you. I want to step right close to you in the midst of your biggest mess and say, my arms are gonna wrap around that. I'm gonna pull you close. I want, to, I want you to know that forever, through faith, you are established in relationship with me. And it does not matter what you do, I will never leave you or forsake you. 
That's the incredible beauty and power of this covenant. It's a covenant that goes so deep that you and I could never plumb the depths of his love. We could never go beyond what he has provided for us. And so he says, on the night, this is um, Paul speaking in 1 Corinthians 11, on the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and he said, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people. An agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink. You can do this at your workstation with a cup of coffee and a biscuit. You can do this at home with a piece of potato and a glass of water. It doesn't need to be a sacramental moment that we go to together here in church. This is an everyday feasting on the presence of Jesus. You can take a moment in the car with a bag of crisps and a can of Coke, and you can say, Jesus, your body was broken for me just like this cheese and onion, whatever it is. Your blood was shed for me. I, I, by faith, I connect to you and I draw that vibrant connection of heaven into my life. Do this as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. You're announcing the fact that every moment of your life from this moment until the moment when he comes back again and all of eternity is wrapped up, every moment that you breathe the fresh air is included in his covenant. His love never fails. We sang it this morning. You stay the same through the ages. Your love never changes there may be pain in the night, but joy comes in the morning. He is that consistent. And we proclaim his death today. We proclaim his resurrection today. We proclaim it tomorrow because he is on the throne. He is in, he is in eternity. He is glorious and he is for you in that glory. So let's just take the bread which represents his broken body. Let's recognize that there is no measure of brokenness that he cannot absorb into himself and cover. Let's take the, the wine, the grape juice that we've got here this morning, cranberry juice, I think it is, and recognize that he has done everything to cover our imperfections the things that we intentionally do wrong, the things that we unintentionally do wrong, his blood covers it all, covers it all. So just take a moment, take the bread, take the juice, take it into yourself and feast, vibrantly connect to him. And I pray, Lord, as we do so, that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you will be putting life into every heart in this room that you'll be pouring the resources of heaven into every heart, that we will all know your presence 
that we will experience you just like our friend last week experienced the presence of Jesus. Come and do it again, King of Kings. Come and do it again, King of Kings. Holy Spirit, have your way. Have your way right now. Come and and heal. Come and heal. We just give you freedom, Spirit of the living God. You are not the Spirit of some historical God. You are the Spirit of the living God. I give you freedom, Holy Spirit. Come in this room and heal broken bodies. Come in in this room, Holy Spirit, and end torment today. Come and set captives free today. By the authority of the broken body and blood of Jesus, we declare, demons, get out. You're not welcome. You're not welcome. It's all about Jesus. Him and him alone. This is the people, this is the kind of people that that Jesus died to establish. So that life flows into us and out from us. And that we shine in this world. That we shine in our workplaces. That we shine as we stand at a bus stop. That we shine on the tube. That people will say, what is it that you carry? I need that. I need that. Because our world is disconnected. The people in your workplace do not experience what we practically take for granted. This is a commentary from a a fairly well-known therapist in the United States called Larry Crabb. Disconnection. And this is the experience of pretty much everybody who does not know Jesus. It is a state of being, a condition of existence where the deepest part of who we are is vibrantly attached to no one. Vibrantly attached to no one. Where we are profoundly unknown and therefore experience neither the thrill of being believed in nor the joy of loving and being loved. Before you knew Jesus, before your spirit came alive in him, you were vibrantly attached to no one. And in the moment where you put your hand in his, you become vibrantly attached to the source of eternal life forever. And as you enter into the life that he has offered you, you become increasingly vibrantly attached to a community of faith. And that is exactly what we are here this morning. A community within which we increasingly want to be vibrantly attached. Just looking back over my own Christmas, there were three moments that stand out in my mind. And every one of them was a conversation with some dear friends where we did not just do the, hey, how are you? Oh, I'm fine. And you? Oh, yeah, it was good. Thank you this week. We went deep. And we vibrantly attached and connected to one another and heard each other's pain and shared in each other's joys and prayed for one another and blessed one another and shared scripture with one another. That was 
That was the profound part of, of my Christmas. As I saw the life of God, as I received the life of God from others, and as I trust they received the life of God from me, from myself and Nicola. He, he, just, he just wants to keep doing it in a world which is disconnected and lonely. I was, at a, um, uh, I was up at a, a, a leaders' gathering over the last couple of days in Leicester, uh, Nicola and I and a number of other people, um, some of whom are part of this congregation, went up to be, to be there. And um, there was just another glorious testimony came out to demonstrate the heart of our king to connect to people who are disconnected, lonely, depressed, and anxious. We've got to know a couple who lead a church in Rochford over in Essex, um, Simon and uh, Lisa Ford. And... Uh, Simon's, Simon and Lisa's 17-year-old son phoned them on Friday uh, afternoon and said, you know what, I know what I want for my birthday. Because kids are always thinking about what they want for their birthday, aren't they? And they said, oh, what do you want? He goes, I want another kitten. It's like, another kitten? Apparently he's already got like two cats and 16 chickens and I, you know, all sorts of stuff. So he's like, you want another kitten? Really? Yeah, I want another kitten. Okay, well that you know what you want, so why don't you go online and have a look and see if there's any kittens for sale over there in, in Essex. So 17-year-old son gets online, has a look, can't find anything, texts his dad back and says, there's nothing. There's, there's, there's no kittens available around here. It's weird. They usually are. And then he says to his dad on text message, this is, um, have a look where you are. See if you can find any up there. Maybe you can bring one home. So his dad gets on the internet in Leicester at a leaders' conference, as you do, and looks for kittens available in the nearby area. Discovers that there is one available which is one mile away from the hotel where he and his wife are staying in, and it looks perfect. So they contact the owner, and they say, well, look, we're at a conference. Can we drop around this evening uh, on our way back to the hotel? Yeah, sure, come on around. So they go around to this house, and uh, this... 20-something young girl meets them at the door and says, oh, hi, my name's Gift. It's like, oh, this is interesting. So his, his ears prick up. Gift, the Lord's just put a gift in front of me here. Right, um, this is the kitten, and um, I'm a student, and I, you know, I just find university life so lonely. I'm, I'm, really, I am, I'm pretty lonely, and I just thought actually having a kitten would really help me just to kind of get through this difficult season of my life. And, but actually, it's so complicated. I can't look after it and go to my classes, and it's just not working out, so I'm, I'm going to have to get rid of it. And um, my friend Simon says to her, um, Gift, that's an unusual name. Is there any chance that you've got like church connections in your background or anything like that? And she says, oh, interesting that you say that. My mum said to me just before I left to come to Leicester University, um, I really think you should get yourself connected into a good community. I think you should go to church. And so Simon's like, well, this is weird, but I feel like God's in this. I, I'm at a, at a church leaders conference in this particular church in Leicester, would, would you like to come along tonight? Like, it's, it is a leaders' conference, but tonight we're just worshiping and just going to enjoy God. Might be a good introduction. There'll be people there you can get to know. So this very courageous little girl called Gift steps into a room of 400 to 500 church leaders from all over the nation, probably the only unbeliever in the entire room. But within 20 minutes of worship, the presence of God just takes hold of her and she gives her life to Jesus and begins worshiping him with a whole new crowd of brothers and sisters. Today, this morning, probably, she's probably already been 
members of the church came, picked her up, brought her along to church, and she's worshiping in a family for the first time because God's better than a cat. That's not a point of high theology, but he is the source that brings life. And he sees the detail. He sees the detail in people's lives. And he's able to navigate his way into a little girl's life who is lonely and seeking satisfaction in a, in a cat when he knows, I'm the one. I'm the one. And he just looks for us to be people who'll say, have you ever thought about coming to church? Have you ever thought about Jesus? Have you ever thought about Alpha? We've got to take this connection that he has given us and stretch it sideways. Bless our community financially, in serving, in going, in encouraging, and sometimes just asking a slightly awkward question. So we pray together just for a moment and just invite him to stir us, to take what he has given us, this vibrant connection to him and to turn it to those around us, in here and out of here. Holy Spirit, will you come and come and stir us, Lord? You've given us so much. You have done everything for us. You have made a way for us to know you. You have poured your life out, and we hearing we are hearing testimony of Lord. You are setting people free. You are healing. You are saving. You are delivering. You are transforming life after life. You're doing it in Tiptree. You're doing it in Leicester. You're doing it here amongst us. We just say, Lord, we want more of it. We want you to pour out your Spirit increasingly upon us. Do this new thing that has been prophesied this morning. We do not want to be stuck in the past. We do not want to repeat 2023. We want to go forward with you, expecting, Lord God, that you will go above and beyond even our wildest imaginations. And that those who have been closed to your gospel for years and years and years will suddenly now, by the power of your spirit, come alive to you. Bring salvation. Bring salvation. Transform us from the inside out. Make us new. Make us new, Jesus. Make us new. And folks, if there's anyone here this morning who, as you listen to me speak, you recognize, you know what? I've never actually made that vertical connection to this God that Gareth's talking about. If you recognize that you've heard about it, but you've never done anything about it, if you recognize that, that, that he is reaching his hand out to you this morning, well, this is a great moment to put your hand in his. I want to give you an opportunity. Give me a wave. Put your hand in the air. I guarantee there'll be nothing but celebration. This is a good moment. Your heart's beating. You're thinking, yeah, I know that's me. He's here for you. Come on, come on. Round of applause, please. That is so good. So good. Christian, thank you. Thank you. So anybody else? That's what he does. He connects. He reaches out. And he says, I want to bring life. Come and speak to me at the end. Come and speak to these guys in the front row. We just want to get you connected to this eternal, glorious Father who is full of love and wants to bring life to the full.
Amen. Amen. That's